0: Hello and welcome back to Football Genshon, the only English language podcast dedicated to Armenian football. I'm your host, Adam, and I am joined here by the usual suspects, Chadens and Armen. Uh, gentlemen, it has been a long time since we've recorded. Uh, so, how are y'all doing?
1: Good. Actually, more pleasant and, and, and happy in a way about how the Germany game went down. Even the negatives were kind of positive. Uh, hopefully, it will be the kickoff for a change next season.
0: Well, I mean, we're as happy as we can be, only conceding nine goals in two <laughs> matches and scoring one. Well, um, we're happy because we ball.
1: relaxed.
0: Yeah, we, we had time to relax. We had time to unpack. That's why we're happy. Um, because <laughs> um, it's not that we were raging at the end of it. We weren't, uh, obviously. I would say the first match was the more disappointing one, but we'll get into that later. Uh so before we start, um on men, you have a few words that you want to give. Am I correct?
1: No, I mean first of all, first of all, you forgot about this Aram Amot. This is our first year anniversary. Congratulations guys, and thank you to the audience. Yeah, yeah, I
0: forgot about that. (laughs)
1: Little detail, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's Uh, been one year of Football Games 1. Thank you to everyone that has listened to our show, that has followed us on our social medias. Um, And if you haven't followed us, please follow us, especially our new Instagram. And um, we wouldn't honestly, we we do this because we love (laughs) to do it. Uh, That's literally the only reason. And um, we're, we're glad to have been doing this for a year, and we hope for many more.
2: Definitely. Yep. Yep. We want to build with this just like our national team we want to build with this that's the stuff baby
1: i mean um, yeah you know, uh, like in retrospect looking back uh we've been through so much you know both as armenian national team fans and armenians and it's it's been beautiful but 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 today is about the future and yeah, we know these are turbulent times also in Armenia and the region and geopolitics, but also in football. Armenian I football is not the exception because in all likelihood, FC7 will be shutting its doors and withdrawing from the professional game for the time being. But we will elaborate on everything uh, domestic club level as well as the women's national team final window, which, by the way, is the toughest one by far for the time being too uh so patience and that's coming up on our next episode among other many things but what is today's episode about um
0: well today's episode we are going to be focusing on two things uh one we're going to be talking about the armenian under 19 uh boys national team who have made leaps and bounds and strides uh kind of unexpectedly kind of not Uh, but we'll get into that and then we'll also be wrapping up the uh, men's national team World Cup qualifying campaign, uh, giving our closing thoughts. I know sometimes it feels like we're beating a dead horse here, but we feel like now that we have seen all 10 games play out um, the way that they did, we can give a better um, picture and maybe a little bit more um, details and honestly have a lot more evidence to back the things that we've been claiming for the past nine months. Uh, but first, comments. <laughs> Ch- Basically
1: proving our points.
0: Basically, uh, the youth men's national team, the Armenia under 19s, made history uh, this past week. What did they do?
2: All right, I love this part because, as if uh, if people have been listening to the show, they know how much I'm into the talent development and youth building uh, of our not just our national team, but just as a uh, as a coaching level. We made history. Armenian football made history. U-19s, they finished second in their group and made it through the elite round. And on the way, they got the longest official undefeated streak for Armenian youth teams on every single level. And how did that play out? Well, U-19, they beat Scotland after trailing 0-2 at half-time. So, That's not really the biggest headline, knowing Armenia's team's issues with playing a full minutes, full 90 minutes at competitive levels that we've seen before uh, in the previous, uh, in our previous episodes. But Armenia U19 has, as of now, a new official record of four consecutive undefeated games. So that's the longest undefeated streak Armenia has on all youth national team levels. And it's something that we can go with. We, it's a huge we're, problem. For sure. Because, because, well, it was at the time when we we're watching the men's national team. But after that, this came up and it, it was, it was, it was something nice to see. And this can grow. This can grow.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, we were talking about this U19 team in our WhatsApp group. uh within each other and we already were seeing throughout this last semester a lot of progress and a lot of promises and honestly i i wasn't expecting results right away
0: but man there was some it, it was it was interesting watching them play because it was literally watching and this is of course what it should be a junior version of our senior national team they had really good one touch passing really good you know like uh, a t- final th- their their product in the final third was pleasantly good it was ple- it was surprising on how good it was um and simultaneously they had the same what seems to be systematic issues that we have a- as Armenians which is um losing focus in the defensive third um uh, throughout the 90 minutes and just not being able to close out a game because of this like Just sudden lapse that happens. Uh, But Armin, you want to walk through the rest of the results?
1: Uh, Right uh, after that historical game against Scotland, and it was insane, by the way, we went on to lose 2-0 away in Croatia, which was basically expected to lose in Croatia against Croatia. They're they're pretty much a huge deal. So uh, a 2-0 loss there, is decent. I mean, uh, the way it went down is basically first goal coming from a short loss of focus from the Armenian defense and the midfield. A, a lot of spe- open space. Only one play. That's that's uh, the headline really. That one minute losing focus against teams like this is the difference maker, and that's what happened. I mean, other than that, Armenia stayed in the game. The second goal was a beauty. From them, not, no fault of our own by any means. Uh, overall, the kids went head-to-head, and I highlight this, this is is really important. They ha- they went head-to-head and stayed the, in the game for 90 minutes and played, played really well against the continent, but powerhouse like Croatia. That's progress. And to seal progress, winning 1-0 against Gibraltar, Against all odds. Uh, once again, uh, a ref that wasn't precisely uh, helping Armenia's cause, much to the contrary, as usual. Um, and an awful pitch in neutral ground. Uh, Gibraltar playing the classic uh, bus, 11 uh, players clogging the, the, the goal. And even then we got a goal in the first five minutes from a corner kick from a set piece, which is also a new like a new thing for Armenians. Uh we don't go if you don't know, we don't score from set pieces. So uh this team, man, this team has made history. And I mean, on top of the results, this kids have already been pretty damn amazing and and, and they're class footballers. We have seen, actually, on Twitter. If you don't follow us on Twitter, please do, because that's where everything goes down. And and on Twitter, some big, big scouts haven't noticed Armenian under-19 players. Uh, we will be elaborating on them in the future, but we know for sure we are looking at a golden generation of Armenia fo- like Armenian footballers that... I would say in eight years or so we'll reach their peak, but damn the future is looking bright. and uh, by the way, stay tuned for a league round draw, which should be around should be announced around uh, January or something like that, and played at, around March. So during the transfer window we will be looking out for that too. Um, so that's basically about it about the, on the youth national team. This is historical, guys. Anything to add on on our, this beautiful, beautiful news?
0: Um, not really anything to add, but just another observation of how you know. Just enjoy it. Yeah, and and being able to dominate Gibraltar and not concede a last minute equalizer to ruin all the hopes was and and yeah, and,
1: and, yeah. and and we dominated Scotland too. I mean, they scored because of loss of focus again, but. W- when it comes down to performance, we were playing better, too.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it was pure domination against Gibraltar. Um, <laughs> and speaking of pure domination, that is how we started our men's national team World Cup qualifiers campaign. And that is very far from how it all ended. The senior men's national team window wrapped up uh, a couple of weeks ago with matches against Germany and North Macedonia at home. Um Armenia finished the World Cup qualifying group in fourth place with 12 points, uh, five behind third place Romania on 17. North Macedonia clinched second place with 18 points, and Germany topped the group with 27 points. Um, one of the major takeaways from this qualifying campaign uh, is that Joaquin Caparrós has decided that he is going to be staying with the Armenian national team. That is a great positive decision that we fully endorse here and Football Gentron. Um, he stated in his post-match press conference after Germany that yeah. this is a project um, and a project that they are working hard on. Um, despite having a very very good start to the world cup qualifying campaign winning three games out of three those happen to be the only three games armenia won uh armenia ended the campaign with three wins three draws and four losses and on 12 points um this isn't the best points total we've ever had in a world cup campaign and it's not the best placement we've ever had in a qualifying group um however uh on overall performance wise i would say the first five matches of this qualifying campaign was the best first half of the campaign we have ever had um and i think that's you can't even argue that having three wins one draw and one loss is unlike anything armenia has ever experienced Um but there are some things and yeah some not to mention
1: game. we come not to mention we come from also a like those three games and and uh, the friendly draw against world cup runners-up croatia add up to other another four or five games undefeated last year which would Mm -hmm. be our longest undefeated streak with in the way a pretty solid damn game like we dominated Mm -hmm. most of our games
0: Yeah. And um, so we, of course, have a huge defensive issue uh, that seems to be spreading from lapses in concentration of two particular players uh, that we have pointed out throughout the campaign, being Donald Voskanian and Kamal Hovanesian, who have been the direct result of several goals we've conceded throughout this campaign. Um, But let's put the negatives to the side for a second and let's talk about the positive. Uh, Chadens. We saw two very very bright performances from two very good fullbacks in Madaganyan and Derderian, uh, who came in in this last match against Germany and actually ended up being the more brighter spots in this World Cup qualifying campaign. Knowing what we have as a defensive issue with, you know, Kamo being horrible at left back and with Voskanian being the ever-present <laughs> disease in our starting lineup. Um, h- how do you assess how Margarian and Derderian did?
2: Personally, I'm waiting to see more game time from them in the in the next uh, campaign that we're going to have in the Na- Nations League. Ending. Ending. The game, the whole uh, campaign of the World Cup qualifiers, um, it was it was like a hint that they're definitely going to play at some point. Obviously, now I said that it's in June, so we have to wait, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But considering how everything had went, I guess Caparo's mind was, let's play them. Because we need to see more of them, and personally, I do see that it's it was too late to try them. It, it's better to risk it sometimes.
0: Yeah, and and he didn't risk it, and and we, he played Kamo, and we ended up losing very crucial matches against Romania and Macedonia. That um, again, these are just, just direct results of individual failures. Um, and yeah, but you cannot um,
2: repeat the same mistake though. That's the important
0: it, thing. You can't exactly. repeat
2: the same mistake.
0: Yeah, and, and I think, you know, I, I think it can come down, honestly, to as, as simple as... And, Ahmed, I'm going to ask you for your opinion on what I'm about to say. But in this next national team camp, whether it is in June for the Nations League, or if we do have friendlies in March, which I know there's a friendly window, mm-hmm. uh, but we don't have any games currently announced... Um, Would it be as simple as not seeing a player like Volskanian on the roster? Would that be enough for you to be like, we are moving forward? What do you think, Armin?
1: Um, No, I mean, of course not seeing a player like him called up would be an improvement in a way, but ultimately, and uh, this is something I picked up on during the last few months, seeing the differences between squad lists. We have done better. The if squad lists were based the most on Caprros's uh, observations and basically merit and form and quality and potential and 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 less on I don't know history market values uh, networks. And, and such because, like, for instance, we have Kamot that is one of the top 10 most capped players in Armenian national team history. That's a fact. But then you see him play. And honestly, you can't understand how this guy has that many caps.
0: You know? I, I think, I, I just think we have to be explicit in, in saying, and we have mentioned this several times, he's not a fullback. He's a right-sided
1: field. Yeah, he started, started, though, as a right-back. And, yeah, he's not a left-back, but he is a full-back, technically. He does play at club level as of now, by the way, because before, like in in previous seasons, he has played full-back at club level as well. That's not really an excuse, because Horik, for instance, is pretty much the same style in a way, you know, fast paced, uh a dribbler kind of player, but he's way better with, for instance, decision making, both in attack and defense, and specifically focusing on defense. He can actually defend. And and also he's been playing winger
0: lately, but, but can that's the thing, he can't defend Armin. That's literally why Forty. we've been conceding. Oh, oh I no. thought you were talking about Camo so I was that's the difference. Uh, yeah. and and, And, and that was noticeable against germany exactly when he got subbed off it got way worse there was no transition play
1: not just against germany though it was noticeable throughout the whole campaign uh i I mean literally i remember and i'm gonna branch out a little bit here because i literally remember the second iceland iceland game that we were dominating we were winning and we should have sealed the deal uh I literally remember talking to Tito on WhatsApp and telling him, "Uh oh, I mean Kamo was right back and Terderian was left back, so Kamo was paired up with Vato, I I believe, and Haroyan and, and Terderian was paired up with uh Boscanian on the left side." But then out of like for and some inex- inexplicable reason, uh coach switched places between the the fullbacks. And so Darderian was paired up at right side with Haroyan. And Camo went to the left side to be paired up with Aaron Boscanian in what we call the famous and infamous, I'd say, Fonzo. When that happened, but, I, I, I immediately knew we were going to concede and we ended up conceding not too much after that. I, but here's here's my question, question, question to you. Well,
0: yeah. well, here's my here's my real question to you. I, A player. A manager as experienced as Joaquin Caparos should know that mm-hmm. playing Kamo at left-back and playing Voskanen at centre-back is only going to lead <laughs> to losses. So, in your opinion and in your thoughts, why did he keep playing them, knowing we were going to lose? Together,
1: yeah.
0: No, not know. even together, Honestly, just playing them in general. Why Why?
1: Why well, keep playing uh, Kamo at left That's back? two different questions. Uh I think he is kind of, everyone, every coach has people around him, be it the board, be it, I don't know, uh, powerful people, be it powerful players in the locker room. Because you, as a coach, you need to balance things out and you need to be in good terms with everyone that's somewhat influential in your team, uh, be them players or not. in. And, and that has proven a, like an issue, a real big issue for every Armenian coach to balance things out between people, you know, people managing, and I think that's the thing. One question is why do these players have to play, and that's that's basically the answer. Uh, I could understand that, so I can't really blame Caparrós for that one. But one theoretical mistake that I do not understand. And I I don't really know why he would do that. It would be switching places like he did mid-game against Iceland. Some things are managerial gambles that don't pay out. And like like the, the Georgia game playing uh, last year, we were like in-game and, and nil-nil. And all of a sudden he puts in Garekinian, that's not a good player at all, by Armenian national team standards. And he basically screws up and, and, and Georgia gets the lead. Some things like that I don't understand, you know. And, and But that's the thing. I see those mistakes way less in Kaparos than I've seen it in the vast majority of other Armenian national team coaches.
0: But that's, yeah, that's just where I disagree with you because I think... Playing Kamo at left back consistently is a consistent mistake that he made. That I think
1: a good coach no, it, would have I, been I,
0: able to identify and remove. And the fact that he didn't do that, and, and I know, I know Cap is a very, very, very good coach. There, I, there I, has to the be thing. extrinsic I, forces.
1: That's what I was saying, basically.
0: Yeah. There's no way a guy. There's no way a manager as good as him would constantly make that same mistake without I mean, having been forced into exact. the situation.
1: And 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 it basically plays out on what we have said. Based like called Derderian, and then then he did, and Derderian ends up being amazing. Called uh, Ararat, he did. He he played pretty good in the in the friendly window, but of course Ararat can't play if there's someone like Derderian shining. In competitive games uh but that's the thing there's now healthy competition in the right back spot called Mm -hmm. shiro margarian and he did i mean yeah it was getting ridiculous
0: up to a point it it, it only took it only took margarian (laughs) two minutes to show how he was exponentially a better fullback and he he almost assisted like what three times in one game with his no, crossings, we, we talk about how good of a crosser he is. He has the most assists in all of the Army and Premier League. And yeah, he's a full And, back.
1: and focusing on Giro one moment, like for a moment, on Giro Margarian, uh, <laughs> he's amazing as a footballer. He's very complete. He can defend. He can play his IQ, his positioning, his mark, his passes, his crosses, everything. He's got everything. Maybe his one flaw is that... And this is the, the huge difference with Gamo. Gamo bases his game, his entire skill set, on speed and stamina. That's where Shido may not be the fastest guy around, but he makes up with great positioning, as we saw against Germany. Uh, there was this one play where the German winger outran Shido, and it was noticeable. But like, due to Giro's positioning in the run, like, going after his mark, he lost it, but then he recovered the ball from it, from him, he tackled the German guy, got the ball, and started making the play, like, from the back, he started, construct uh, like, building up, and that ended up being a pretty good offensive play for Armenia, after a defensive recovery from Giro, and and yeah. it was lovely to see. It was basically, Gamo, this is how you play football, man. It and, was of spe- teaching.
0: <laughs> Speaking of lovely to see, uh, this national team window brought about several players um that were newly introduced to the Armenian national team picture, and we are hoping will be mainstays in that. and uh, so let's go over some of these players. Lulu, uh, we'll do a little quick fire thing, and I want you to give me your. The first thing that comes to your mind when I give you a player's name. Ready? Go on. All right. First player I want to mention, Edward Svertian. I don't think Chad has understood what I meant. <laughs> he went Dri- back on mute. I was I was
2: think I was thinking what I was thinking what word to use. Like what's the best word? The first thing yeah. that uh, pops drib- in your head. Dribbler is too basic. Dribbler is too basic, Wait, but I'll I, say I, dribbler.
1: Are there other rules only to say one word Daram?
0: Uh, not necessarily one word, but the first thing that pops into your head?
1: Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Dri- dri- dribbles.
0: That's
2: I dribbles. don't
0: know. Or, well, dribbles and. Um, nah, it's finesse. much more complete. He's. Finesse. Uh, well, fin- oh, speaking of dribbling and finesse, Chaudenz, do you remember the play that he did against Germany where he like. Dribbled past two or three defenders and gave Baidamyan like the most beautiful through ball from the halfway line. That is a perfect example of dribbling and finesse right there. He's a fantastic. So I just got it right. <laughs> you got yeah. I would say spot on. Um, just
1: be real, it, man. Spetson has the the is the whole package. He, he's got the whole skill set, man.
0: Yeah, he he is so good that Russian pundits are saying how did we let this kid play for Armenia? Why is he not playing for the Russian national team?
2: Wow, that's, that's the best thing to hear.
0: Yeah, uh which which is cool. Uh second player I want to throw out to you guys, Girard Shahoyan, another player that made his national team debut during this uh World Cup qualifying campaign. Uh he fell off a little bit at the end as he wasn't called off and called up in the last two camps, uh but we have seen um little sparks here and there of what this future little magician can do. Uh so what is first thought that comes to your mind?
1: Oh, <laughs> this is harder <laughs> than I thought. Uh now I would say dribble and finesse. Uh,
0: yeah, I guess.
1: Gito is a much more of a specific type of player. He's very tactical. I'll give you this. Threat. 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 threat.
0: Yeah. He is a threat. I think he's a threat anytime he's on the ball, and and we yeah. saw that especially against yeah. uh, Romania. We saw that against uh, Iceland. I mean, the kid was. He loves to take someone on one on one, and he's gonna win that ninety percent of the time. I'll, uh, I'll
2: give you like a like an extra kind of thing. Um, Gira Shagoyan is one of the players where I whenever I see him. I know he's going to cause some kind of trouble to the opposing defenders. V- yeah. Vahan, though, is... Oh, he's next. Never mind. He's next. He's next. I'll, keep it. I'll keep it. Go on. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Go on. <laughs> Vahan Bichakjan, another player who has seemingly fell off the Kaparos favours list. Um, he has not gone that many minutes and he was actually left off of the squad versus Germany uh, and went on and scored a goal and assisted uh, for MSK Jalina a few days later. So, thoughts on Vahan really quick, boys? Confidence. I don't
1: know. He's also complete. He's like... Maybe, like Speian reminds me like in in terms of his belief, and physically he's already there, you know, like maybe Giro Shaoyan that does physical and gets shot around a lot and and on a one on one he can't really take on a defender, so maybe that's one point for Giro Shaoyan to improve on. On the other hand, I don't understand why Baham was left out of this last uh, window, uh, mm-hmm. but he's ready. He's ready for anything, really.
0: All right, I'm throwing out a couple of more players in here for you guys to give me my, no, uh, I, your this opinions. Is fun.
1: <laughs>
0: Luca, Lucas Zelarayan, who made his Armenia national team debut during this World Qualifying campaign, uh, was is very much well-known for his passing capabilities and his free kicks. Unfortunately, we did not even win any free kicks in a dangerous area that he could take it uh, but he put a bunch of balls on silver platters for a specific Henrik mukitanyan who could not convert anything to save his life thoughts on yeah. Lucas mean yeah. oh, you go well, first.
1: I, yeah I got I got several things first of all he's class he's proven his uh <laughs> took less than a half a game to place an assist for the team for Gamal Van against Iceland. Uh, second window wasn't as good, honestly, but uh, still, he needs time to adapt to the team, uh, to the system, to the language, everything, teammates. But you mentioned that, I mean, this is very interesting. Uh, Lucas and, you know, the situation between them. Because I would have thought, you know, uh, if there is one player that seems theory on paper uh, suited psychologically to impose, like, not impose, but neutralize Hendrik Mkhitalian's kind of uh, hierarchy, self-imposed hierarchy in the Armenian national team that he wants to take everything for himself, get every ball. Like, he kind of implicitly coerces teammates into giving the ball to him. As he did, and I'm getting into a Lucas now, as he did impose his will on Lucas, uh, every corner kick we would have uh, during this last window, and this was very visible because we had several corner kicks this last time around, Lucas was about to take the shot. You know, the set piece was ready, you know, and Heno would just come and, and stand right beside him like basically saying you either give the ball to me or you're out of the locker room you don't do I, that
0: if i i okay i'm gonna interject here i'm gonna interject here no th- that's not what that was at all that was yeah. a, no that was a short piece uh short set piece yeah I mean, if
1: short piece match piece, man i mean if you got if you got lucas Cilarayan,
0: one okay of the I mean, you realize and, this was supposed to be a quick thing right I, you were yeah. supposed to quickly say well, your you thoughts
1: asked me about lucas and <laughs> lucas has a lot of interesting things to this game. Lucas okay. bro. He's one of the best set takers in an entire hemisphere in the globe. Like that's not that's we shouldn't overlook this. And and, and should not waste this in uh, short corner kicks or whatever.
0: I, yeah I I agree, but I, I also think there was some merit to what he was doing because on traditional corner kicks, we tend to not win headers and we tend to not win the second ball and we tend to lead into counterattacks going the other way. I,
1: I but, don't know, man. I remember several goals from specifically Vato Arroyan uh, from corner kicks when like, when things got tough in a game and everything. Yeah. And now we got Lucas taking the set piece and not... But I think
0: having the combination of skills between Lucas and Henrik in a short corner set piece gives you a lot more versatility. You in can theory. either whip it in straight. You can but but it has worked though. You're saying you're saying that but we we've cr- probably created more corner piece chances since we've ha- had him on our team uh not only because of how oh, really? he can directly whip it in. Yeah, we have. Yes, we have. Absolutely. No, man. At, at
1: most corners we got this last window were tasteless. Like didn't get anything because they were not a set piece from Lucas. They were a short corner kick I disagree. the best our best <laughs> chances came from open play
0: i as as it always has been. We're not a set piece team uh exactly okay.
1: I mean we got more corners than most times, and we wasted that.
0: Having Channens,
1: Lucas, Lucas El quick thoughts <laughs> another uh,
2: no speed, speed 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 in a way. That we didn't have speed speed in play.
0: Okay, that, that I what could what I see say that. What
2: was the Vahan is that uh, with uh, compared with like uh, Girard, is that Vahan is more of he's more decisive. I mean that's why he's more of a center attacking midfielder, and Girard is a winger. Uh, Vahan is more he sees and reads the game then Girard. Girard is a very attacking and very uh, very much a big of a threat. But anyway, that's because of being a winger. All right. And honestly, last player.
1: Honestly, honestly, before we move on, uh, during the, that nine-game undefeated streak, let's be real, I remember the, the one-touch game from Armenia was insane. Like It was European top European level. Uh, yeah, Lucas brings a lot of um, IQ, but that doesn't mean we used to be bad like last lately we have but do you guys remember how we used to play last semester out uh all throughout the nine game on the field street it was like one pass one uh, one touch one pass bang boom
0: goal and that's why that's why i kept asking where what happened to the one touch passing i was asking that throughout the second half of the qualify you know what happened well yeah I uh that.
1: let's
2: build sports centers and Let's let them play futsal, and then Armenian talent will develop like that in one-touch passing.
0: Good idea. That's how Brazil got so good. All right, final yeah, player on this list. That's a different list.
2: whole different story.
0: <laughs> Nadek <laughs> Vigoryan, the captain of the under-21 See? Armenian national team and winger for is... Urarudu, and he made his national team debut, kind of like the girard uh, shagoyan replacement uh, for this camp. Uh, equally as good, in my opinion. Uh, does lack some some important things here and there but overall a very very clearly talented player and leader quick thoughts on him
1: nadek is the basic perfect example of what i was saying on the short passing we already have short pass players that can perform that at like elite levels nadek is the perfect example
2: Chavins,
0: anything to add on nadek to
2: be honest no I want to see more of him to be more confident in what, I'm, what I want to say.
0: Well, if you want to see more of him, you should check out the Armenian Premier League where you can watch all the matches live on YouTube. Well, yeah. <laughs> there you go, plug. way of
1: advertising it.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, he scored some incredible goals.
1: Yeah, for those that don't know, Nadek is basically uh U Armenian U21 of captain, offensive midfielder all around. Very complete. Mm-hmm and plays Toruatu, which is the Ajax of the Caucasus. Pay attention to that team in particular, and Natick as well.
0: Yep, and uh, so that's going to wrap it up, I would say, for Armenia's World Cup qualifying campaign. Uh, We didn't want to discuss the game, the matches in detail, because there wasn't really a point, honestly, in doing so. I think we've beat a dead horse with that one. Uh but we did wanted to highlight some of the new players, highlight some of the things that we liked about what was going on, um, and essentially just give closing thoughts because at this point I think we have um we've given a pretty good uh description of our opinion of the team and our opinion of what the direction the team should go. Um, but Speaking of where the team should go, uh, we have several players listed here, Armin, uh, who we think uh, are almost ready or ready to make national team debuts. Um, One area that we feel as though we need someone maybe sooner rather than later uh, is a goalkeeper uh, against Germany. Bushnev made his Armenia national team debut and had an absolute Horrible (laughs) blunder uh, that should never have been a goal.
1: Let's be real. We knew. We called it.
0: Yes. And it put everything into context for us that Yurchenko is good, was good enough, I would say, for the Nations League. No questions asked. Um, World Cup qualifiers was a different animal, and it showed that he wasn't able to keep up on many instances. Um, Bushnev is clearly not good enough. And we have some other goalkeepers uh, that are a little less experienced right now, but can maybe make the leap. And I'm talking specifically about Grigori Matevosyan the 22-year-old goalkeeper from FC Noah in Armenia. Matevosyan was an Urardu Academy product that somehow didn't make it into the first team and uh, slipped into NOAA and, due to injuries, uh, found himself in the starting lineup. And he has been very, very good for them since. Um, to paint a little bit of a picture for our listeners, Matevosyan is a giant in terms of um, Armenians. <laughs> He's six foot one, I believe. Uh, he has a very large wingspan and he has this knack for saving penalties. Um We have watched Noah throughout the season a lot so far as we do feel they are one of the title contenders. They're currently on the outside looking in, uh, but I would put money on them making it into the top four by the end of the campaign. Uh, Boys, I'll leave this open to anyone who wants to discuss it. Goalkeeper situation. Do you think calling up Matevosian for the Armenian national team and starting him is a good idea uh let's just say hypothetically we have march friendlies would you like to see matavosian start in a march friendly? yeah
1: yeah definitely yeah. especially on a friendly Mhm, mhm. mean why not just play him there's two things here a he's 22 years old he's very young uh so you don't want to like put extra psychological stuff on him uh, i don't know how his mind is i honestly don't know him personally but from an APL perspective, he plays at the same leg as Butchnev and Yuchenko and all the others. And is way younger, specifically 11 years younger than both Butchnev and Yuchenko. And he's already better at 22, which for a goalkeeper is really young. He's already better at the same competition than 11 year older Butchnev. So, is it ready? To defend, is Grigori Mateosian ready to defend the Armenian goal, the Armenian national team goal? Definitely, 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 definitely. And I honestly, it's time and I would like to see Ivazov as his replacement and Yurchenko, of course, because by the way, Yurchenko has been dealing with the injuries this last year. So that's a little bit of context into why he hasn't been playing all that much at club or national team levels. But Mateosian is definitely ready. And we also have Nersesian. Of course, for me, Mateosian is the first choice.
0: Okay. Now let me let me this is coming your direction, Chadens. We have two Armenian goalkeepers that currently play abroad in Manuel Nazaretian, who plays for Marseille B, and we also have Varujan who plays for Rayo Vallecano. Now Varujan these, yeah, now these two players, although playing at better clubs, they're not necessarily playing at a better level currently, and we don't really even know how many how much game time they even get. So if you had a choice between playing Manuel Nazaretian, who plays for Marseille, Vardajan Hovenessian, who plays for Raya Vallecano, and our boy Matevossian, who plays week in, week out for Noah, who would you select, Chavez? uh. Um.
2: The answer is obvious, mateo because well, you already said it. The other two are very young, firstly. Secondly, they don't get enough time. The goalkeeper needs to be decisive. So he therefore needs to be playing a lot of games. Even if, if he's young and he's playing a lot of games, it shows that he is a decisive player because the goalkeeper needs to be aware of the game. If there's a goalkeeper who's playing uh, often and also is young, which is a very good bonus, especially for uh, our national team, where we Mm -hmm. always focus on bringing players with experience because they can decide the games, it will be better to have Matej definitely. And also, to add, Yurchenko's time is maybe coming up. It, obviously, it's his decision, but Yurchenko is growing older. Yeah, he will be. He will. He might not retire yet. But by the way, he's only one year older than Buchnev, for instance. I'm just throwing that out there. Th- that that's another good point. the The point is that not just because they're old to step out of the way, but my point is to break this barrier of he's old, he has experience, he should play over anyone. If you get enough game time, you build experience and you grow better.
0: Yeah, I I think it's gonna be really telling to see in in the next camp what goalkeepers he calls up, because at this point, I I just don't see a reason to ignore Matej He's playing every week for Noah. Noah's one of the top clubs, probably gonna have Europe next year. Um, but even before, that, yeah, then, yeah. I mean, you're right. Uh, he's he, there's no reason why you shouldn't call this kid up, and and I think just for consistency's sake, I think that's why mm-hmm. he, he was calling up the Urardu goalkeepers and and Bushnev and whatever because he just wanted to keep the same few goalkeepers. But I wouldn't be surprised to see a rotation, and I would be very disappointed if Matevosyan wasn't included in the, in the next squad for the friendlies.
2: I want to see the other goalkeepers play one or two games as well. Um, the other around the
1: goalkeepers mm. as well to have a game to have a uh, shot. I, 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 just... I, I still think Ivasov is great. Honestly, he's 25. Uh, of course, he won't exploit his full potential already. We can tell, but he's still pretty decent and uh, also better than Bucinev. Uh by Armenian Premier League standards. Ivasov is the second best, in my opinion, after Matevossian. Sure.
0: But yeah, but but he hasn't it's, it's even been playing. Details. That's the yeah, Beglarian that's, that's awful. So I I don't know I, I, I can't I personally don't think Ivazov that good. I don't think Beglarion's that good either. I think they are APL level goalkeepers, and I think that's the yeah. best they'll ever do. That's just yeah, my and even then
1: I and even then I think Ivazov is better than Beglarion and and the reason they both play at 2 is basically why Matevosian had to leave the club. Mm-hmm. inexplicable as well. You know, one of those many inexplicable things in Armenian football, but mm-hmm. for a change, it's been working out pretty damn well for Matevostian and thus for us as well.
0: Yeah. And, and just to put this into context for everyone. So um is currently competing with two Russian goalkeepers, Pavel of, Ofch- I can't even pronounce this, of and <laughs> Nikolai Novikov. Uh, who are 23 years old and 21 years old, respectively. So he's competing with people in a similar age group for the starting goalkeeper spot. And that I believe of Ovch- had it before, and um, he actually joined from Velez Moscow, which uh, was where Galoyan played. Fun fact, uh, Galoyan. Galoyan. Sorry. Galoyan. Uh, Galoyan right, played. Uh, but I, I just think, again, he is a very Good goalkeeper, and he deserves a chance. I think we should just leave it there. Next up Mm -hmm. uh, is a player that I know Armin has been lobbying for for a very long time, um, but now currently finds himself in a very interesting predicament. I'm, of course, talking about Arthur Kartashian, who is um, a 25-year-old central defender for FC Sevan, the now-withdrawn club in the Armenian Premier League. Um, FC FC Sevan's owner had a little bit of a fallout with the Federation, and they decided to withdraw from the league uh this will be i think the eighth consecutive year that Armenia will not finish with all of its clubs um so now this leaves us in a little bit of a pickle because we have this player here in kardashian and i guess we can you know couple him up with uh yeah i I was i was thinking danielian but you know What happens to Karthasian now? We know he's Mm. a player that we feel should be in the national team picture. Uh, He was a Punic Academy product. He is a very good defender. We we see it. Um, And we have clearly have a very lack of depth in the central defensive uh, position currently in terms of players with experience. Now, we do have a couple of young players who are good, but they're not playing at a high level currently and they can't be called up to the national team. Danielian, on the other hand, is playing at the same level as Voskanian, for example, but he is clearly a much better defender. This question is kind of going to be two-part. One, because Sevan isn't going to be existing anymore, so what's going to happen to Danielian? And two, what is it going to take for him to make it into the national team?
1: Uh, Both Katashian and Danielian, I think... What's going to happen is for them, and the two questions are together in a way, because once they go wherever they're going to go, because they're it's a fact, they're both the common free agents, uh, they are basically going to be wide open doors for the Armenian national team. Uh, the Armenian national team has always had this thing where uh, the more in better terms a club is with the federation, the more likely it is the, the national team will be looking at that particular club for call-ups. So now that they're leaving Sevan, they're going to have better chances. And in Artur Kartashian's case in particular, he, like, it's pretty simple, really. Sevan or not, he is hands down, like, unquestionably the best center back in the Armenian Premier League. Like stats say that and performances say that it's you can't avoid that. So that kind of player, in my opinion, at 25 years old, the, the, even before the prime of his career, is ready for a European challenge. Like he is ready to take on a career in Europe. Hopefully he'll make it. Hopefully his scouts have been looking at him and why shouldn't him maybe uh, Cyprus.
0: I don't know. Exactly.
1: Because <laughs> his coach has like is from Cyprus. And mm-hmm. that's definitely within his skill set. He has Chans. everything.
0: Would you that, like <clears> our <throat> resident our resident Cypriot? Would you like to chime in on that?
2: Not yet. Not yet. It's too early. will throw in a little that's a few comments
0: for context for our listeners, it's not like Kartashian has not been called up to the national team before. He was called up in the uh, 2016 World Cup, qual- sorry for the 2018 World Cup qualifiers uh, that took place in 2016-2017, uh, but he did not make any appearances. He was on the bench versus Romania, Poland, Montenegro, and Kazakhstan. Uh, he was also called up for a couple of international friendlies in 2018 against Estonia and Lithuania, but he did not feature again. Um, he has featured once. Uh, And that was a win in the Nations League Group D against Gibraltar in 2018.
1: He even scored the goal.
0: Yeah, he played for the whole match and he scored a goal. (laughs) So um, he has a he has a pretty good goal scoring ratio for the national team. And then he proceeded (laughs) to go straight back to the bench for Liechtenstein. Which, whatever, screw that. Anyway,
1: it's basically pretty simple. He's the best center back in the Armenian Premier League by far, in my opinion. Uh His in the prime of his career, about to get to the prime of his career, and ready for a European challenge. If that doesn't scream Armenian national team, I don't know what does.
0: Yeah, so uh, we're going to keep a lookout for where he ends up going, uh, because I think it's going to be very, very important for the national team picture to see where he ends yes.
2: up. Levan would have been challenging for Europe as well, and now, unfortunately, there won't be, that won't be an expert reason on
1: why he should go exactly. for the national team. Yeah, exactly. exactly. The, the fortress of the lake, and in a way, it's timely that they withdraw uh, by the end of November. They're, it, we're almost at the transfer window, so that's mm-hmm.
0: good. Well, I mean, they're all they're all going to be free agents, so. Their contracts are going to be terminated uh (laughs) all right next up here's a couple of players that have not featured for the army national team that are both attacking midfielders i'm going to couple them up together just for the sake of time um arthur avagimian who is a 24 year old attacking midfielder who plays for Choromnets odessa in the ukraine and arthur galoyan who plays for fc velez moscow and is 22 years old Uh, we have mentioned galoyan briefly in uh joking context with geloyan who we think does not need to or should not be anywhere near the national team but for some reason is um but Galoyan uh, is the much better of the Yans uh in this in this couple that we have over here and Arthur Avagimian is a player that is oozing with quality but for some reason just has not had the chance yet um can we see or will we see uh Avagimian and Galoyan in the national team picture anytime soon
1: as you say they're both more than good enough and and being really young both of them have huge potential but currently knowing a little bit about both of their individual deep real contexts i honestly don't think they will be either of them a because Artur, actually they're both called Artur as well we talk about co- armenian coincidences uh, is Avergimian uh, has had <laughs> a pretty uh, well-known scandal with uh, the Götz uh, chairman Bagrat Navojan. So that, that's a pretty huge reason for people not like, that's not going to help his cause within the Armenian national team, having influential people against you that personally. But we have some rumors concerning Avagimian that, if end up happening, it would be a little harder for the Armenian national team to ignore him. Uh, yeah. So,
0: yeah, well, well, let's just just sticking with Avagimian for for a minute. His contract right. with Odessa expires in June, uh, so he only has a few months oh, left they're, on his they're contract. They're cashing
1: in. They're cashing yeah. in now.
0: So it's it's if for the club, for Odessa, it's going to be do we sell him to make money in the winter or do we let him go for free uh, in the summer? And Makes if, sense. You're, if you're a team, you would want the money, obviously. And he has a fairly decent agent, actually, that backs him uh, now. I don't know if this is new or not. I don't know how much information you have on this, Onmen, But he is signed with ProStar, which is a Ukrainian talent agent. Who represent the likes of Mbolinovsky, who plays for Atalanta, Stepanenko, who plays for Shakhtar, uh, Ratitsky, who plays for Zenit Saint Petersburg, Lesarov, who plays for uh, Dinamo Moscow, who uh, Jurmalenko, who plays for West Ham United, Zagoev, who plays for Seska Moscow. Jesus, There's, wow. So he he is now backed by uh, Oh Ilian, who plays for Krasnodar. Uh, he's backed by a very, very good agency now, which I am fairly certain was not the case before. So now the question just becomes, where are they going to get him? His output for Odessa has been very good. He's participated in 30% of the goals scored by the club. That is big. That means one out of every three goals he has a hand in that the entire club has scored this season. I would say very much worth a look for most, and I'm sure a lot of Eastern European clubs are looking in his direction. Uh, but we can move towards Galoyan now. It's a little more of an interesting one, yeah. Galoian,
1: because both he had a trial like, at
0: Seska Moscow.
1: Yeah, for the record, both of them have openly stated they want to play for Armenia. Uh, so that's another problem for them. <laughs> uh, the classic Eastern European freezing a, a player off if he wants to play for Armenia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but Avagimian is past that point of his career, he was frozen off Shakhtar earlier and now he's basically on his time to shine and he's shining Kaloyan is also shining and as you said Adam, he had a successful trial at CSKA Moscow, but he was uh, not offered a contract for the same reason, he wants to play for Armenia, when CSKA Ford learned about that found out about that they dropped him and he's now shining at Bell and at Veles and Locomotive Moscow are looking to sign him on so i don't know if he does sign for locomotive if there's actually any chance for armenia to to to, to add him to naturalize yeah. him
0: locomotive oh.
1: yeah as, as much as he wants to play for us. I
0: mean, yeah, uh, and Lokomotiv just took someone else away from Armenia very recently. Exactly. Nair Tiknizian. Not that Nair ever wanted to play for Armenia. actually personally of the opinion that he does not want no, to play they, for Armenia. They, Tiknizian said he
1: wants he wanted to play for Armenia earlier oh. in his career, but now, for, his, for the sake of his club career as a pro, he has to, you know, kind of be lenient, and, mm-hmm. and, and and put his head down and say, if Russia called me, I'll do the deed. Uh-huh. Good thing, though, is he hasn't still been called up by Russia. So he's yeah. still eligible on the third year of his pro career. So if things stay like this for Tignisian, I believe by this time next year, he would be open to joining us.
0: So... Let's a little dive into a little bit of detail with a uh, Galoyan as we did uh previously. Galoyan has been in the starting eleven for Velas Moscow in eighty-eight percent of their matches this season. Uh for context, Velas Moscow it plays in the second division of Russian football. He has participated in fifty percent of the goals that Velas Moscow has scored this season. Um meaning Every other goal that Velas Moscow scores, he either scores or assists in it. So he is clearly a very, very influential player within Velas Moscow's current setup. Uh, Velas is sitting right now, if I am not mistaken, ninth in the league, and it's looking like promotion is probably not going to happen. But Arthur Galoyan is too much of a talent to pass up. Transfer market currently values him at $660,000. Uh, that was last updated in May. Oh. Which would actually make him one of the most expensive Armenian players. <laughs> so, uh, despite playing in the second division, he's clearly getting noticed, I would say. Uh, whether or not he call, gets called up to the Armenian national team is a bigger question because, of course, as Armin previously mentioned, uh, he, he does want to play for Armenia. He's made that very much known. And he had a trial at Seska Moscow, and we are of the opinion that him wanting to play for Armenia is the reason why he was not signed. Um, but. We can't know that for certain.
1: I mean, two to go two to, to assists in two games at a trial in one week. are, I would say successful.
0: Yeah, I would agree. So there's obviously something else going on there,
1: but that's yeah. And, and that also, up. by the way, also by the way, the CSK coach at the time stated openly in press conference that uh, he really liked Kaloyan. So another reason.
0: Yeah, that's true. So and we, and we know Joaquin Capodos has said in his press conferences that there are players that he has been monitoring. There are players that he felt wasn't were not ready at the time, uh, but he has hinted that we will be seeing new faces. Um, and since we're currently focusing on the big picture and and future projects and future players in Armenian football, uh, there's a little bit of news uh, that we want to get into briefly. Um, PSV Eindhoven, the Dutch club, has signed a pre-contract agreement with the football federation of armenia uh and are currently in talks slash negotiations to open up a psv academy in armenia now what that will look like in terms of structure whether there will be a psv yerevan or some sort of such club or whether it will stay only a youth club is uh, currently unknown uh but we will keep you guys posted on that i think that's a very very excellent uh You know, piece of transition uh, as Armenia and the Football Federation look to grow the sport in Armenia. um, Having a club like PSV and the Dutch, who are very much known for developing the best talent in the world, um, in Yerevan is huge. Um, And this comes shortly after news that Inter uh, Milan has actually opened up an academy to in our neighbors to the north in Georgia, uh, funnily enough, but we'll look, keep a lookout for that and let you guys know if anything, um, comes out of that. Um, so what to look for, uh, we'll have one or two episodes before we take a pause in the winter. Uh, and our pause is going to coincide with, uh, the European leagues and a lot of the leagues that Armenian players play in uh, tend to have harsh winters, so they will be going on pause as well as it does the APL. Um, so we will be covering the women's national team, uh, the APL and VBAT Cup, uh, European club competitions, Armenian players abroad and a lot more big picture stuff um so look out for that uh we'll should have one or two more episodes before the close of the year uh and then we will take a short break and we will come back for football against one season two uh i was very excited to be kicking off our second year ever as a podcast and as a project so um if you guys have anything else to add before i close off the show
1: i think looking big picture there are more positives than negatives in the and by far, during lot this last year, this 2021. I think we there's plenty of reasons to be optimistic. Charles.
2: Yeah, we saw a lot this year. Uh, over the year that we've been doing the podcast, we've been keeping up more with uh, many good things. There have been a lot of positives, and there are still a lot more to come. There's a lot more things to develop, and we're thousand percent excited.
0: Yep, yes, and this, yeah, there is a lot to be optimistic for, despite the results in the World Cup qualifying campaign. Unfortunately, we will be missing out on the World Cup again, but you know, whatever. It's not like we haven't before. Uh, <laughs> the UAE I mean, Nation... understand
1: bro, To understand the results, you gotta know what's going on behind the scenes and and around. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, team. you have to know that there are more players than Mkhitaryan, just for international <laughs> listeners, <laughs> among other, among other things. Yeah.
0: Yes. Uh, so our next competition will be the international competition, rather, will be the UEFA Nations League, which will begin next June, uh, since the World Cup is going to be a Winter World Cup next year. Uh, the Nations League will play take place in June and in September, uh, and Armenia will know its group next month, I believe, is when the draw happens. So uh, I, we will give our initial thoughts and opinions. Of course, Armenia is going to be playing in League B next year, so uh, against a lot tougher competition uh, I think ben. it's the
1: optimal. I think it's the optimal way, nations like Division B, to showcase Armenian
0: talent.
1: Yeah. Not focusing on results, just showcase your talent.
0: Exactly. Uh, so hopefully. Uh... Well, not hopefully. We will have our thoughts and opinions once that draw takes place. So look out for that coming soon. Uh, there may be March friendlies if there are. Of course, we will cover those as usual. But until then, we will be doing our usual news and players abroad shows. Uh, we had a little bit of a national team quick attack, of course, as as the because of the new schedule and because of COVID and how everything played out. But on behalf of the boys here, on behalf of Football Gentron, thank you for listening to us. Thank you for one year uh, of Football Gentron. We're very happy uh, that you know we have been able to reach a year with this with this project and um, we hope hopefully next year is, is a better year uh, on behalf of the team over here uh, Chaden <laughs> Amen and Tito who is not on today uh, thank you for listening people.